Here's an urgent alert from the Student Loan Hotline. The average student loan debt is $25,000. Have you been out of college for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? If you are struggling with paying off your student loan, if you are past due, we can help. Nationwide Student Loan Relief can now restructure your student loans. We can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop harassing collection calls, and even eliminate your student loan payment. If you can't afford your student loans, or if you're past due and you need help, you must call right now. We will restructure your loan or your money back, and that's a guarantee. So call the Student Loan Hotline right now. to Sports Econ 101, the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, longtime sports radio personality. Now, today, we don't have a guest, but we've got a lot of things to cover. Yeah, a lot of things to cover. I think the uh, story about the Cleveland Indians is something that really needs to be mentioned because, you know, they play in a city that traditionally has had some great uh, baseball, but it goes back a long ways that they had the great baseball, and, and more recently, too. But I think that they deserve a little uh, a little love, so we'll talk about them and talk about some of the great baseball cities in America. Okay. Who, which are the great baseball cities, in your opinion and my opinion? All right. When you go say uh, uh, great baseball teams, going back to Cleveland Spiders? <laughs> that's, that's going way back, <laughs> yeah. back to before, before the, turn of, yeah, the turn of the that's right, it's turn of the century. They were the yeah. worst team. Actually, I think they still have the worst record in the history of the game. Yeah, they lost 116 games out of 124, something ridiculous. Cleveland like Spiders. What a great name for a team. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where the case is. Isn't there a team one. called the Richmond Spider University of Richmond Spiders, I think? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I there know, is. But uh, was it Santa Cruz Banana Slugs or something? Yeah, the Santa Cruz Banana University of California Santa Cruz Banana Slugs. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I hate those things. Oh yeah. Uh also want to cover a few things. Uh Texas High School Stadium is going to cost seventy two million dollars. A high what? school stadium and they're going to spend seventy two million. Well, I hope a lot of teams are going to use it. I yeah, hope, I hope it's not just for one school. I think it's probably a centralized, you probably, know, kind of, hopefully. I, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking, Jeez. how does that make economic sense? Well, if you bring a lot of people in and they spend a lot of money in the community, maybe it does. But I don't Seventy-two million? Yeah, I, I know. I, what do they got? Luxury suites for high school? Yeah, <laughs> maybe, come on, maybe. Yeah, they probably do. It's just more mod- modified, I guess. Maybe half of it goes to permits. You know, the way, yeah. these, the way these cities are with their permit yeah, process. that's true. It's crazy. All right. This segment of Sports Econ 101 is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, providing mortgage investments that are currently yielding over 7.5% secured by real estate, mostly in California Bay Area. Doesn't get any more conservative than that. Check them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. And don't touch that dial because you're listening to Sports Econ 101, and we're going to be right back. This is Mark Honf, co-host of Mortgage Investing 101. Did you know that you can earn, year in and year out, returns of 8% and more on your savings and retirement accounts? 
Mortgage-backed investment strategies such as trustee investing and mortgage pool funds can do just that. Since 2008, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments. Find out for yourself how you, too, can profit from these real estate-secured investments. Call 415-883-2150 or visit our website at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Then call. That's right. Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. Low-cost airlines has all kinds of cheap travel deals. Fly domestically and save up to 75%. You can even fly internationally and save even more. Yes, fly anywhere in the world and save a lot of money on your plane tickets. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. So don't book your tickets until you call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24-7 to help. 800-754-4531. 800-754-4531. That's 800-754-4531. In this tight labor market, finding new employees can be tough. Whether you're the business owner or an HR professional, you want access to highly qualified candidates fast. More than 3 million businesses use Indeed.com, the world's number one job site. Whether you need entry-level or highly skilled employees, no matter the industry, with Indeed you get immediate access to a high-quality pool of talent with no long-term contracts or upfront fees. For a limited time, Indeed is offering new users a $50 credit to make their first job listing a sponsored job with premium visibility so more candidates will see it. You want to make a great hire fast, and this exclusive offer gives you a head start. Independent research shows six times more hires are delivered through Indeed than any other job site, making Indeed your one-stop source for hiring. To redeem this offer, go to Indeed.com offer. That's Indeed.com offer. Terms, conditions, and quality standards apply. Allergies. Pollen in the air. Dogs in the house. Mold in the basement. Whatever triggers your allergy symptoms, it can really hold you back. Break through with Allegra 5-in-1 Relief. Allegra works fast, won't make you drowsy, provides 24-hour multi-symptom relief, and it's effective every day. Break through allergies with Allegra. Starts working in one hour, use only as directed. Guaranteed or your money back. Visit Allegra.com. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Edward Brown here along with Bruce McGowan. So, Bruce, you wanted to talk about the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, you know, this 22nd or 22-game winning streak, as we speak, it could go longer, and it's supposed to be a major league record. We should uh, point out that the 1916 New York Giants won 26 games in a row. However, during that streak, there was a game that ended in a tie. The game was suspended. It was never replayed. So, technically... The record for most consecutive wins uninterrupted is now set by Cleveland. But I think Cleveland is, is such a great story. You look at that infield, uh, you know, with Lindor and, and Ramirez. Ramirez, a great hustle play the other night to set up the winning run. Jay Bruce comes over from the Mets. He gets a big hit. Corey Kluber's having a, a Cy Young season. Cody Allen out of the bullpen. And then Terry Francona, what a, you know, geez, you talk about a break, him being available. Why did Boston get rid of him? Of course, Boston's still got a pretty good manager, but I mean, it, they just have the right combination. And the Ooh. only thing that surprises me, Edward, is the, yeah. is the, is the crowds. They only had thirty thousand 
for this record-breaking game, and the crowd was was great. But, I mean, they have not drawn the big crowds that you would think an American League defending American League champion would draw. So that's sort of a surprise, and it leads me to, unfortunately, say that Cleveland is not one of the great baseball towns. It could be, again, because it's one of the older towns, but it's just not. Um, I remember yeah, they used to say Cleveland Municipal Stadium was the largest. Uh, yeah, the mistake by the lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they, well, they had like seventy thousand. Oh, no, they could fit ninety thousand. I think 90, maybe I, maybe it was ninety for football. I know, but that that was a p- terrible place to play. I mean, for for football, it was okay. For baseball, you were just lost. How, in how is the how's the weather in Cleveland right now? It's cold. It's you know, I mean, it's not cold. It's cool. It's windy. Um, you know, this time of year, it's starting to get uh, a little chilly. And, you know, you, you get deep maybe. into the season, and they could have some some problems if they get in the World Series. I mm-hmm. really think, you know, the way Cleveland's positioning themselves with this with this winning streak, they are putting themselves in a position where they're going to play the wild card team, which would probably be either um, the uh, New York Yankees or Minnesota Twins, who, by the way, the Minnesota Twins, what a great story that has been. They had two walk-off wins this week uh, with home runs. And this was one of the worst teams in baseball, and now suddenly they've come alive. Another city that's kind of a, you know, front-running town in terms of, of baseball. It's a great football town, but you know, I would not put Minnesota or Cleveland or Cincinnati even, which used to be a great baseball town, in the list of top baseball towns. Detroit, Pittsburgh, those are all old traditional cities, yeah. but they just don't have the kind of sustained support that a St. Louis or a New York or a Boston. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to guess, again, a lot of it has to do with the weather. Um, Some of that also, has to do with it. And I think a lot of it has to do with just tradition and winning, recent winning. You know, okay. fans going to flock to see winners. St. Louis has had great teams, you know. Even in the in the 1970s when they weren't winning, they were competitive. Yeah. Uh, and they've had great teams for so long. How does Minnesota do during hockey season? I mean, they usually pack them in. Oh, yeah. You know, that's another thing that that amazed me is when they moved their North Stars to Dallas. I think that was a big mistake, and now they've got the Wild there. But, uh, I mean, he talked about – that's the center of hockey fandom in America. You know, Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, you know, maybe northern Illinois. I mean, how can you move a team out of Minnesota? But but back to Cleveland, I, I really think that Cleveland is 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 going to do it this year. I mean, I think they're going to be in the World Series, whether they win it all. Teams that lose in the World Series sometimes come back with a little more determination. Look at Kansas City a couple of years yeah, ago, and Cleveland. Fun. If you look at that lineup, it's a young team. There's a lot of heart there. There's a great uh, you know brain trust running the team with, as I mentioned, Terry Francona, just even keeled, kind of like Bruce Bochy. Yeah, very similar. Or Bobby Cox. Well, why did uh, Boston get rid of Francona? I, I think it was a it was a contract issue, and there was some front office friction and you know the old the old saying familiarity breeds contempt yeah. sometimes you know too much about same thing the giants reason the giants uh, parted ways with dusty baker although but dusty was the one who precipitated that i think it was just you know you're you're around a place for 10 years and you know where all the bodies are buried yeah but you had a you know boston was uh, finally winning and started yeah. in 2004 it didn't so. make a lot of sense although they have you know had good management since then uh, on the field so but I, I think you know Terry Francona is a rare a rarity. We got to know him slightly in two thousand and three when he was with the A's, and you know you can't find a better person in baseball. You really can't. Good guy. Yeah, but, and his dad Tito, right? His dad was a very good player. Tito yeah. Francona played, and we mentioned the Indians. He played with the Indians, played yeah. with the Cardinals. Uh, good outfielder, not a not a power hitting player. Terry was a good ball player. Yeah. Terry played with is the Expos a, and the catcher, right? No outfielder, outfielder like his dad. And, uh, you know, not, not a great player, but a solid player, smart player. It's usually the guys that are sort of, you know, either marginal or kind of, you know, good players that become great managers because they don't take the little things for granted. They have to work hard. I mean, Bruce Bochy, for instance, the giant skipper, always a second-string catcher. 
Yeah. Never. It always seems like all, all the catchers become the... Uh, well, they're the, the quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah. Mike Sosha. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, you, you look at them, they have to run the game, and they have to be the cool head out there, and sometimes they have to be the, the toughest guy out there. They're sort of like football players in, in that respect. I wonder so. if uh, Buster Posey will go into... I don't, I don't think so. He doesn't, don't have, think so. He, he doesn't seem to have that kind of temperament. You never know, though. You know, I mean, you never know with Buster. He's so <laughs> serene and so calm. If you're around him in the clubhouse, you notice this air of just calmness. Uh, nothing yeah. seems to phase that guy. And I love that. Yeah. Um, Derek Carr, the, the Raider quarterback, very excitable. But if you, if you sit down and talk with him one-on-one, there's an air of calm about him. The great athletes have that and they have that focus, that ability to focus in the tough situations where they can see things clearly. And I think that's what sets them. One of the many things that sets uh, great athletes apart is, is their ability to focus and be calm when everything around them is just you know swirling and, and going crazy. Yeah, and you were talking about uh, great baseball stadiums. Now, the you know AT and T Park is uh, is new, right. relatively relatively new, new eighteen years yeah, old. Yeah, now. yeah. Uh, hard to I believe mean, it's eighteen years know, old. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Uh, I mean that is a, that yeah. is a really good uh, baseball it is. park. It's revitalized baseball in the Bay Area too. Yeah. For San Francisco, anyway. I mean, San Francisco was always a decent baseball town, but never great. Once they moved into the new park, they really emphasized the traditions and their ties to the past, and their you know the statues yeah. to Cepeda and Mays and McCovey and Marichal. And well, the, know, the weather's better, and it's easier to yeah, get to. It is, and it's revitalized the whole area of downtown. It's interesting. This whole um, emphasis on building downtown stadiums now and revitalizing inner cities, whereas back in the seventies. There was a tendency to move into the suburbs and build these, you know, antiseptic, sterile uh, palaces that all look the same. But I think also it has to do with, you know, how expensive the land is. That's a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. you know, you've got to work out a deal. I mean, the A's are trying to work out a deal to get a, a stadium downtown, and they found a spot not far from downtown where the Raiders, ironically, used to play back in the old AFL days. And, I, you know, there's no no assurances that they'll get this thing done, but it's. I think it'll be... A good uh, alternative to the Coliseum, although I've said all along the Coliseum is is a great location. Yeah, it's not. There's not a lot to do around there. Yeah, but uh, parking. No, it's easy. To accessibility get to. to the to the freeway. All Wait, that. How many acres do you need for well, the stadium and the parking? Not I mean, not as much. You know, if you if, what you want to do in this day and age also is encourage people to take mass transit. Mass transit you know, yeah. so you you have it near. <laughs> Um, you know the railroad, the BART, the the bus stations, whatever. So, you, or you know, within walking distance of downtown, that's yeah, what you want. Yeah, because that's a lot easier. Um, you know, whether you're a, a general con, that's the thing I've kind of argued about. Um, with where we live, they have this thing called the smart train, mm. and if you're a general contractor or a traveling salesman type, you can't you can't take it. It doesn't make sense. But if you're going to a ballpark, all you're doing is going to the ballpark, yeah. watch the game, and come come back. It's more for recreation, I think, and more for, yeah. for fans, uh, for you know people that are sightseeing or whatever. But yeah, for a ballpark, I, I think you got you want to be you know ideally within walking distance of downtown. I mean, it's worked. You know, look at all the look at all the uh, ballparks. Well, Fenway, now. Fenway Park, yeah. Cleveland's Progressive Field. I mean, Denver has got a great ballpark. Uh, Dodger Stadium is kind of an anomaly. That was built, you know, at the beginning of this whole run of stadiums that were sort of antiseptic and sterile. But Dodger Stadium is a baseball-only stadium. Never, I don't think they've had many football games there. And it's in an area which is kind of a pain, actually, to get to. Parking is a pain. There's mm. plenty of parking there. But getting into Dodger Stadium, the reason people come late and leave early is it's very difficult getting in and out of that place. And what about uh, <clears throat> San Diego? San Diego, I like San Diego's location. It's downtown. It's uh, it's kind of nestled in uh, amongst an area that uh, in an area that has become 
very, very uh, popular, and uh, you know, I, I heard it was kind of hard to get in and out of. But no, I might not my experience. Right? But again, I I went you know first series ever played there when the Giants played there in uh, two thousand and I guess it was two thousand and four. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. All righty, uh, we're going to ask some trivia questions now. We're talking football. <clears throat> this this fourth season quarterback in nineteen eighty three threw 24 touchdowns mm. with 4,348 passing yards. He led the league with 346 completions. That was pretty much it for his career. Wow. That's 1983. 1983. Who is this <laughs> Chiefs quarterback? Oh. Yeah, right, so I'm going to give you a little hint on me that. Hint All right. Email Econ 101 the answer to that question, and don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back. Results may vary. Not a solicitation for legal services. If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. They can take your property, take you to court, even put you in jail. One call to Wall and Associates and your tax problems are solved. Wall has saved clients over $150 million in the last five years. Our average client settles for about 10% of what is owed. With one call to Wall, you'll never need to talk to the IRS again. We offer free face-to-face consultations in your local area. Remember, Wall has a proven track record with a total client savings over $150 million. Call now for your free face-to-face consultation. 800-813-9940. Rebuild or replace transmission, $3,200. Anti-lock brake system, $1,000. Rebuild or replace engine, $2,400. Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you. Every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco, there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash and call Toco Warranty right now at 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a Toco plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call Toco at 800-222-2313. That's 800-222-2313. 800-222-2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warrantech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit tocowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? But it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure 
foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit. But you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Edward Brown here along with Bruce McGowan. Here was our first trivia question. This fourth season quarterback in 1983 threw 24 touchdowns with 4,348 passing yards. He led the league with 346 completions. That was pretty much it for his career. Who was this Chiefs quarterback? And I'm drawing a total blank on that one. Bill, I, Bill Kenny. Oh, yeah, yeah. From I think from the University of Nebraska, I believe. I, I just didn't yeah, remember. I should remember didn't, that. That's only no, 30 I, I never got, years ago. <laughs> I never would have gotten that one. Bill Kenny was, is a name that you bring him up, and it's like, oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Never never even thought about him. He, was probably, he probably came in the same league as Montana. Didn't they come in in 79? 79, yeah. yeah. So, it's interesting. I, you mentioned Joe Montana. I was just thinking of Bill Walsh, and, and I had a chance uh, with a friend of mine to do an interview with Bill Walsh about six months before he died. And it's interesting. Bill Walsh did not get to be a head coach until he was 47 years old which is kind of unfortunate. He retired at 57. And do you think about John Madden? John Madden started his coaching career at 32 or 33 and quit at 43. So huh. the two greatest coaches in the history of the Bay Area, probably, in football. And talk about contrasting careers. Yeah, Interesting people. John Madden, by the way, 80 years old, major heart problems. Uh, was, you know, He's out of the national scene because he's no longer doing television. But he does work for the local radio station, local CBS affiliate. He does a little commentary with the with the news anchor and the sports anchor in the morning and he's back on the air and i heard him this morning and he he sounded as enthusiastic and as bright as ever likable guy i mean john madden the thing about him i got to know him slightly when i was a young reporter covering the raiders back in the 70s and what you see is what you get there's no bs to john madden some people don't like the you know the boom and all the the, you know histronics but that's who he is yeah he you know and i think that's why he was so popular um and the players loved him you know he wore his heart in his sleeve but he just I think the losing, the last couple of years, they were a mediocre team, and it just got to him. That and the flying. He hated flying. Yeah. I remember him just walking up and down the jetway. It wasn't so much going up in the air and being scared of being up in the air. It was the conf- He had a problem with uh, small spaces. Oh, you're yeah. more of a claustrophobic, claustrophobic thing. Claustrophobic thing. Oh, yeah, a lot, a lot of people who have flying problems, that's a difficulty. That's what it yeah, is. That's what it is to a lot of people. You yeah. know, my my aunt was uh, scared <laughs> of flying, and she decided because she absolutely needed to do some kind of traveling with the family, you know, vacation stuff. What she did was she took a, you know, like a, like a seminar class, mm. and they taught her. They said, well, you know what? Part of this is because you don't know what's going on. Mm. So what we're going to do is we're going to teach you, like when you hear the ding, that you know that what is it? What does that mean? Mm. Uh, and basically, um, and depending upon how many dings and all that kind of stuff you hear, uh, it's the pilot basically letting the stewardesses know, look, you can't bother me. No matter what, don't bother me now because we're ready to take off or you know <laughs> whatever the situation. And it seemed to really calm her because then she could concentrate more on, oh, this is what's going on rather than just this unknown. Interesting. And I was always, as a kid up until I was in my teens, just scared to death when I got in a plane, nervous, uh, you know, about the takeoff yeah. and the landing. And then, you know, my I sat with my dad a bunch of times, and my dad was a pilot during the war. He flew oh. P-38s over mm-hmm. in the Pacific. And he always used to explain to me what's going on, and that kind of calmed me it down. That's the same thing, yeah. Yeah, and then I went up with him in a small plane many times. Yeah. And that, you know, I tell you, you really have that sense of flying you oh, yeah. when you're a in a small plane. plane. Yeah, yeah and you that, feel that, everything. Oh, gosh. But that, that really calmed me down, I think, that uh, having a dad. And he was always such an even-keeled guy. But, yeah, I could see it. And, and Madden was that way. Madden would 
you know, stalk the jetway up and down, and you know, he'd be but, talking to people. But, but he took a bus. He did places. well once. That's, once he got out of football, once he got out of um, when I say out of coaching, coaching he yeah. could afford to do that because he didn't have to be um, there with the team. You know, and he enjoyed he enjoyed the interaction, the small towns. He enjoyed mingling with people. John Madden is one of the most convivial likable um people who enjoys interacting with others um not, not a lot of celebrities are that way but yeah. he, he was he was so, a, so i guess he didn't uh, uh feel the small space claustrophobia in in a in a bus i guess because he could walk well, up and down you know, and, again, and, and again a bus how long is a bus ride you know and again also with the long. madden bus you know he could get out anytime he wanted yeah. that that was part of the deal you can get out stop the bus and take a walk you know stop at the rest stop stop at the restaurant um you know it's just uh, flying with a with a, a football team especially a football team they really pack you in there i did a lot of traveling with the raiders um some in the 70s and a lot in the late 90s when they returned in early the 2000s and they just jam you guys in there i well, mean and, not and, the and players the players give, are given a little room but the the middle part of the of the plane where all the front office folks sit and all the uh, you know boy <laughs> because well that's what I was wondering because you know the football players are big so yeah. they have to have oh they have extra room yeah, yeah. the best t- the best way to fly is with a NBA Basketball, team, I was NBA team. Say, yeah. small plane a lot of room i've traveled with baseball teams before and and that's pretty nice too baseball teams i tell you if you got to travel with a baseball team, that's not a bad way to go. You're, well, you know. okay, so NBA, how many players? Are you yeah, you got fifteen, 15 guys. Yeah, right? and then you got this. baseball. You got twenty-five plus. Yeah, and then you, what do you have? Sixty with, uh, Foot, with, football, with football. You got you know about fifty players, uh, forty-five or forty-seven active. I guess it's fifty-three active now, isn't it? Gosh, and then you have this, the coaching staff and the video people. It's a big. Yeah. You know, it's usually a couple of hundred people on that plane. It's almost a full plane, so it's not. Com- it is yeah. not comfortable. I, now, do they? they do they own their own planes? Or they no, they, they or? charter. They usually charter a particular plane and a crew for the year. Same thing with baseball. Basketball, some teams do have their own planes, own their own planes. Probably uh, Mark Cuban. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it makes sense. And you want to have the same crew. You want to yeah. have the continuity. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the average person listening to this thinking, oh, gee, these guys have such a rough life. Well, you know, a lot of traveling and the changing of the time zones and getting in at weird oh, hours. Yeah. I mean, I worked it's a game. I worked sure. a game the other night, and I was just thinking about this. I the Giants didn't start a game with the Dodgers the other night because of a rain delay till ten fifty at night. The game oh. ended at two. The game ended at just about two fifteen in the morning. Wait, wait, wait um, I mean, that long a rain delay? Yeah, didn't they just cancel it. Well, they were talking about having a double header, yeah. a day night double header. The Dodgers didn't want to do that. Then they were talking about maybe extending it to Thursday, the off day. The Dodgers and Giants didn't want to do that. And this was, you know, they they were scrambling for alternatives and they figured, "Ah, we got to get this game in." And well, I I just remember I got home and got to bed at 3 and I was thinking some of these guys, you know, they're yeah. this is not an unusual scenario for them, you know, to have games like this that last into the early morning hours and Okay, okay, so I got a question <clears throat> for you on this. Would since the Dodgers are in first and the Giants are in last, and there's no way the Giants are going to make the playoffs, and for sure the Dodgers are going to be in the playoffs, uh, you know, ninety nine percent sure. I wonder if they would have a little bit more pull as to, hey, we, you know, no, no? not necessarily, and especially since it's in San Francisco's <laughs> home park. But but I think that the Giants players wanted to get to leave. They didn't want to hang out, and and, that, and neither did the Dodgers. They didn't want to start the game at ten fifty. Yeah. That was absurd. I mean, when they finally told us in the press box, and it was crazy. We had rain, heavy rains. We had lightning, a spectacular lightning storm and thunder, which is unusual for the Bay Area, especially in the fall. And this went on for a couple of hours. 
And I was thinking, God, the field's going to be unplayable. The fle- it was amazing. The field was dry. It was in good shape. Well, they covered it up. Yeah, they co- well, they covered up the infield. The yeah. game itself was actually a very entertaining game. The Giants were up 4 to nothing. The Dodgers came back and tied it. Dodgers actually had the lead briefly. Giants took the lead back. Dodgers tied it. Giants finally won it. So it was a very entertaining game, despite the fact that it started at 10.50. And there were maybe... I don't know, 10,000 fans, and half of them were Dodger fans. So it was kind of an amusing. <laughs> anyway, they were Dodger fans were making a lot of noise. I tell you, they've got some great fans. Now, th- that goes back to my whole thing about baseball towns. L.A., great baseball town. San Francisco has become one. New York and Boston, St. Louis, um, Chicago. Chicago, of course. And then, you, you know, you go to your second-tier towns like Detroit and Cincinnati and Cleveland and Pittsburgh when those teams are good and the tradition, and going back a number of years. Some cities I just don't think will ever have great baseball towns. I don't think there's ever going to be a great... Tampa Bay. <laughs> Tampa, yeah, yeah Texas. Um, Minnesota is just not a great baseball town. Kansas City, eh, sometimes. Colorado? Colorado is not a bad place, but it's just a, a, a bizarre, you know, with that ball carrying yeah. so far. It just, it, the, the game is kind of cartoonish. <laughs> and it's just, uh, I don't, you know... I just I just find uh, baseball in Colorado at, at the mile high level is just bizarre, and you know they do have good fans though they have yeah. that that's a good sports town Denver I went to school there and it's a great sports town especially for football well, yeah for sure but right. um, you know as far as baseball towns go St Louis boy and the and the fans in St Louis not only knowledgeable but likable it's not like New York or Boston where they just you know they're rough. They got that rough edge. Yeah. Is it more fair weather friends then? You know, no, in, in, no. They're just very loyal. They, they you know, these are our boys. You know, they're, they're our team. I mean, there's not a lot to do in St. Louis. Yeah. What is there no, to no, do? No, no. That's what I'm saying. Is that yeah. in St. Louis would be they wouldn't be fair weather friends. No. But maybe in places like New York. Oh, yeah. Kind of, you, know. you know, New York and, and and Boston have always been up until 1967. Boston was not a good baseball town, generally speaking, because they had some crappy teams most of the time. And yeah. since the impossible dream season of Carl Yastrzemski and Jim Lonborg. That franchise has been, the last 50 years, has been one of the best in baseball. You go to a game yeah. at Fenway and you read the local papers and it's, you're just totally immersed in the game. And it, the entire region of New England goes crazy for that team. I, it's, it's a fun experience. I was up there for the 1986 World Series and mm. I remember when they lost that sixth game when the ball went through Bill Buckner's legs yeah. and forced a seventh game. And I remember I was sitting in a bar with a bunch of, of uh, people for game seven and they knew they were going to lose before yeah. the game even started. We're yeah. going to lose. They just had yeah. this fatalistic approach because they'd been through it too many times. Yeah, well, yeah that's also the way to lose because it wasn't oh. just the Bill Buckner. There was a few plays oh, before that, boy, that, yeah. that were yeah, positive. yeah, they were. All right, so we're going to cut to our second commercial break. Jeez, we're again. moving along so fast here. I know. Yeah. Well, it's because because we don't have any guests. That's yeah, because we're having a good time. <laughs> <We're> having a <laughs> good time. All right, <clears throat> who who was the first Hall of Fame quarterback to ever play for the Baltimore Colts? Mm. Good that's question. Our, that's our trivia question, okay. all right? Yeah. We want you to email Edward at SportsEcon101. The answer to that question, nice short one here. Okay. Who was the first Hall of Fame quarterback to ever play for the Baltimore Colts? Okay. Simple question, right? Simple question. Simple I th- question. I think I got the answer to that one. Maybe we'll get into a little bit of like Janikowski asking to take a pay cut and Brock Osweiler back to the Broncos. Yeah. Well, yeah. Pay cut. Everyone's <laughs> taking a pay cut, except... A lot of guys, yeah, you know, we get yeah, paid too much. Yeah. All right, don't touch that dial. Sportycon 101 will be right back. In this tight labor market, finding new employees can be tough. Whether you're the business owner or an HR professional, you want access to highly qualified candidates fast. More than 3 million businesses use Indeed.com, the world's number one job site. 
Whether you need entry-level or highly skilled employees, no matter the industry, with Indeed, you get immediate access to a high-quality pool of talent with no long-term contracts or upfront fees. For a limited time, Indeed is offering new users a $50 credit to make their first job listing a sponsored job with premium visibility so more candidates will see it. You want to make a great hire fast, and this exclusive offer gives you a head start. Independent research shows six times more hires are delivered through Indeed than any other job site, making Indeed your one-stop source for hiring. To redeem this offer, go to Indeed.com offer. That's Indeed.com offer. Terms, conditions, and quality standards apply. Hi, Sports Econ 101 listeners. I'm Edward Brown. You know me as the host of the show, but you may not know that I work with individuals getting them the least expensive term life insurance policies around. Don't be fooled by the ads you hear on TV and radio. It's always best to work with someone who's completely independent. That's where I come in. If you email me at edward at sportsecon101.com, your name, your age, and how much insurance you want, I'll run the numbers through my software program and let you know the least expensive policy around from among many of the top insurance companies. Again, I'm totally independent, so email edward at sportsecon101.com for your free life insurance quote today. Why pay more for life insurance than you need to? I can get you a guaranteed policy where the low premiums are fixed anywhere from 10 to 35 years. So email edward at sportsecon101.com right now for your free life insurance quote. That's edward at sportsecon101.com. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit one quick three-minute phone call that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number 800-603-0885 800-603-0885 that's 800-603-0885 welcome back to sports econ 101 one more time i'm edward brown your host along with bruce mcgallan second trivia question who was the first hall of fame quarterback to ever play for the baltimore colts that's got to be johnny Unitas. that's what i would have thought but it isn't it isn't Uh, that's why i'm saying it's a trick question (laughs) who who was it why a tittle yeah, you know, that's a good one. Why Tittle before he came to the 49ers? That's yeah. right. Yeah. And he had a great career with the Niners. And then, of course, he the went Giants. to the New York Giants and got him in a couple of championships. Johnny Unitas, though, played in the greatest, they still call it the greatest game in the history of football, the 1958 NFL championship yeah. game yeah. against the New York Giants, Giants that went into overtime. Is, is, that was the one that Frank Gifford got knocked out, right? Got knocked like out of Bednarik, the game. Chuck and and Alan, yeah. yeah, Chuck Bednarik hit him. And Alan Amici. Actually, oh, uh, was it Chuck Bednarik? I'm not sure. Because I think yeah. Chuck Bednarik played with... Uh, I always think of him as with the Philadelphia Eagles. But anyway, um, I remember Alan Amici scored the winning touchdown. I remember watching this game. I was six years old. It was the first game I can ever remember watching. And my dad told me, he says, you'll you'll never forget this game. 
or watching a little black and white fuzzy TV. Yeah. You know? Now, to, uh, to, for the audience who isn't that old, tell right. them why it's it, it's quote considered the, the greatest. Well, game. it was it was an overtime game, which is unusual. So, and there were so many great plays in the game. I mean, New York uh, came from behind and tied it, and then you know you had all these Hall of Famers that were playing in the game. Not to mention Johnny Unitas, the greatest quarterback, and he was just starting to hit his stride. And the Colts had a, a hold on that. They were about to get a hold on that city that uh, was unlike any other kind of relationship a team had had with the city. And Baltimore and, and the Colts were really meant for each other. There, hmm. Certain teams, it's kind of like Cleveland right now with the, with the, with the uh, Indians. Although, as I said before, I'm surprised the Indians only had 30,000 at the game the other night for the, the record-breaking win. I don't get that. I don't know what, if it was the weather. I don't know if the, you know, the economy up there is bad, but 30,000 for the biggest... Yeah, because, I mean, how much does it cost to go to a game in Cleveland? Well, but in, but more than that, that I mean, this, t- this is a rarity, and you, yeah. only, you can't even fill that place up? What's going on? You know, they had 22,000 the night before. I don't understand it. So, I would not put Cleveland up there among my list of great baseball cities, but Baltimore... Great baseball town when the team is going good in a great football town. Great sports town. Well, I bet the, Cav- <clears throat> the Cavs fill it up. Oh, yeah. Because you're only talking about, what is that, 8 to 10,000? Well, you're talking about 18 to 20,000. 18 to 20,000, yeah. 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 I mean, I mean basketball is a different different thing entirely. And But, you know, I mean, they, they almost turn basketball games now into events. Football is an event. And football, you know, I, again, for the listeners that don't remember, this is going way back. I mean, I was only six years old. I was just a little kid. But... In those days, you didn't have any playoffs. You had the winner of the Western Division against the winner of the Eastern Division. And the season was over usually before Christmas. So, you know, you had that one game. The playoff, the whole thing with the playoffs didn't start till the mid-60s. And then, of course, the AFL came along in 60. And then the, yeah. the leagues merged. And you had, you know, things changed. And then by the late 70s, the league expanded its schedule and then you have wild cards starting in 19 I think it was 1979 or 80 yeah. which I like. Yeah, I like the wild card cuz yeah. sometimes the hottest team wins it. Not 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 necessarily in football, but in baseball. Yeah. Think about it. The, the Giants won it in 2000 and uh uh I think 2014 as a wild card. They were the second wild card. And um the Miami uh, Marlins oh, yeah. won it in 2003 as a wild card, yeah. but you get hot. You know, you have to have that edge. And, and the Oakland Raiders won it as a as a wild, wild card. card. Yeah, that was an improbable win because they hadn't been to the playoffs the previous two years, and they didn't go the next year. But they had this one lightning in a bottle season. Jim Plunkett came in and energized the team, and they had a bunch of guys that, you know, uh, Lester Hayes, and of course the great Ted Hendricks was still around, oh, yeah. and that was a fun team to watch. And that wasn't John Madden's team, by the way. He was gone by that time. Tom Flores had taken over. And but. Had, did Matusak play on that, or did he come? Uh, Matusak was not on that team. No, you know they they had gone undergone a lot of changes. A yeah. lot of the old guard was gone. They had guys like Kenny King, and I mentioned Lester Hayes came to prominence. Matt Millen was a rookie. Oh, yeah. um, you know Bob Chandler, the late Bob Chandler, had a terrific season as a wide receiver. They were they were kind of a Jim Plunkett. Yeah. You know, resuscitated his career. They had a lot of new players in that team. Well, the, the reason I mentioned Matuzak is uh, I just happened to watch an old Mash episode, and, <laughs> yeah. and he plays this, uh, sar- you know, this this uh, private who wa- or corporal who wants to uh, get a promotion to to being a sergeant, and he's just larger than life. He is. He was a huge, he huge was. human being, and uh, and that that show was I think in 1981. Yeah. So it was like just like as he was. You know, he might have still. I think he actually was still with that team. But yeah, he he definitely was with that team because I remember when they were at uh, in New Orleans, he told the media, he says, "I'm going to 
be patrolling, you know, Bourbon Street to make sure these guys. They said, "Well, what about you, John?" Well, you know, rules are different for me. You know, John Mad uh, John uh, Matuzek was funny. I remember talking to him after a game once, and his eyes were darting back and forth. He says, "You know, if you play for the Oakland Raiders, you really have to realize that that other team doesn't even belong on the field, and you have to make them just want to." climb into a hole and curl up and die. Well, you, know? you know, it's interesting because it's basically it's intimidation. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and I remember uh, coaching a couple of teams where I was like the assistant coach and, and a couple times. You, your teams you're talking about? Yeah. yeah, yeah you know, yeah. either Little League or, yeah. uh, you know, a little basketball. Fun or to do that fun stuff, Softball yeah. for the girls, right? Sure. And and the interesting thing is when, when the kids are playing each other and they know each other, you know, like scrimmages and stuff, Oh, they'll go all out, and then they won't be scared. But when they play somebody they don't know, they, everyone gets all intimidated, and they let they they let themselves get intimidated, right? Yeah. So I remember there was uh, I was coaching this basketball team one time um, again, and I don't know that much about basketball, but the the main coach was out, so I had to sub. But I had noticed for the first like five games, our kids were very timid, mm. you know, and the other kids, whoever they played, were probably a little better. Mm. But there was just intimidation factor, right? Mm-hmm. And and so unfamiliarity, re- maybe. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so I remember, um, and I remember being a kid too, and 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 falling right into that. If I didn't know another kid, you know, you feel a little intimidated. Oh, sure. So um, I rem- I remember telling our team, um, you know what, guys, you be the intimidators mm. right they don't know you you know how you get scared like, let them be scared of you mm. right and i kind of gave them this reverse, big, little, yeah, reverse a little, psychology exactly. i gave yeah. them a little pep talk yeah and they they played really well mm-hmm. they, they definitely dominated and i remember about four parents coming up to me and going i don't get it why why were our kids so aggressive uh, in a good way you know <laughs> how did they do that <laughs> yeah it's amazing well that's a great thing about sports i mean it's the, it's the psych game and especially in football yeah. where you have to kind of I remember hearing the story about Fred Boletnikoff. The players would say if Fred Boletnikoff wasn't throwing up before a game, something was wrong. Hmm. He'd be in the – and he was always having the dry heaves. <laughs> Freddie would just – How could you play after that? Well, you know, I mean, you get yourself, you know, so wrapped up and so, you know – uh, build up into a frenzy. I mean, football is no, that no, kind I of mean, I understand the throwing. Oh, up. Yeah, I'm the, wondering, how do, you, how do you play well after that, though? <laughs> I, you know, that's a good question. I mean, sometimes the greatest performances are, I mean, Joe Montana uh, came out in the, what was it, the second half of a bowl game with Notre Dame one year and had the, maybe the greatest half he'd ever, certainly the greatest half he ever had in college. And he was being given IVs and he had a fever of 102. But yeah. sometimes when you're sick and you're really down, you can focus a lot more. Uh, Michael Jordan, same thing. Yeah. And yeah. it's funny because he, when I was bowling, I remember having a fever. And for whatever reason, I, yeah, I also bowled really well. Well, it's funny. I, I, I have to admit, you know, do, I've been on the air a few times and I shouldn't say this, but I was ill and I shouldn't have been at the station. And I actually did a better job because I was more focused. I, I huh. couldn't help. But think of the, the things that would distract me normally were just completely lost. I was yeah. so focused on being able to you know concentrate and do my job. I did a better job. So you know. So By the way, it was fun. The other night I was doing updates uh, for for the local CBS radio station when Cleveland was winning their twenty second game, and we broke in and played highlights. You know, and it was a lot of fun. And there was something something so exciting about being, even though we're two thousand miles away from it. You know, being able to relay that moment of excitement and drama to people out there. And I think that's one of the things that we really enjoy about our profession is that we are kind of a conduit to these 
from these you know great events to the to the people and you know if they enjoy they get a little pleasure out of that and if you can yeah. kind of heighten that and accentuate that then then you have a day of satisfaction last comment about the, the intimidation thing yeah. I remember there's I used to do wrist wrestling championship and oh, stuff geez. in Petaluma remember Petaluma yes right? that's right so uh, there was this one guy who would the way he would try to intimidate his opponent he would reach into his pocket and grab a bunch of live crickets Interesting. And, eat, and eat them just before he'd look at them. How <laughs> bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Live crickets? Live crickets. He, and good, he'd, good, he'd good, chew uh, them up, swallow them, and then he'd look at his opponent right in the eye. <laughs> good, good good source of protein, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds pretty sounds bizarre. Sounds like steroids. It should be illegal. Yeah. On that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so a uh, little football again. Uh, Brock Osweiler, uh, is he back to the Broncos? And he you know, I, for I, I have a hard time keeping – I have a hard time keeping track of all this. I mean, there's a guy – Who's had his ups and downs? You think about, you know, pro football. My gosh, I mean, you're an injury away from being washed out of the league. Yeah, and I mean, just look at Johnny Manziel with his off the field problems. Is he ever going to play again? Probably not. Probably not. Then you get a guy like Deshaun Watson. You know, first game in the pros, and and you're playing in front of an emotionally charged Houston crowd. The city is is still recovering, obviously, from this horrible tragedy with the hurricane, yeah. and he goes out and scores a touchdown and. You know, J.J. Watt was talking about it afterwards, how this was more than a game for us. And, you know, that's the, the great thing about football. But you're one injury away in that sport from being out of it. Brock Osweiler is one of those guys whose his career has certainly had a, you know, it's been, it's been a roller coaster. Bring yeah. back Ryan Leaf. God, there was another guy. Now there, <laughs> he couldn't stay out of his own way. Yeah. You know, he had, and he had a lot of problems. Now he's doing very well, apparently. Is he really? Yeah. He's doing very well, but he had a lot of problems. He was in and out of rehab. He had some problems with the law. Oh, yeah. yeah, that and was he really was picked sad. before Peyton Manning. That was the big... Yeah, big, another Johnny Manziel. You know, Johnny yeah. Manziel is a guy who's got off-field problems. And I think sometimes you have too much success too soon, and it goes to your head. I think that's what... With Joe Montana, Joe Montana was was yeah. always kind of small, and yeah, he played for Notre Dame and he had some yeah. great wins, but he never he never was the focus of all the attention. When he got to San Francisco, people kind of didn't really know who he was. Well, and Tom, he, Tom Brady, kind of the same. Tom Brady, yeah. I remember yeah. seeing Tom Brady in the playoffs against the Raiders uh, the, in the famous snowball, uh, not snowball, but tuck. the uh, tuck game. Yeah. And you know who is this kid? You know he's from the Bay Area, but I mean he was a he was an afterthought. Who was that quarterback there? Was it Bledsoe that got hurt yes, and he had uh-huh. to step in? Yeah. You talk about uh, you know getting a break. I mean well, that's what you have to have well, sometimes. And, and do you remember the um, Houston Oilers uh, with Warren Moon losing to the Buffalo? No, I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, using the, the Buffalo, Buffalo Bills, Bills, blowing the 35 Fra- to three. Yes, Frank, Frank lead. Reich. Yeah, it's like he came out of nowhere. Yeah, he was uh, he was the ultimate backup. Frank Reich yeah. had some good games, but that was his moment in the sun. But then you yeah. didn't really hear about him after. Well, that. he was always a backup. You know, he just had his great. I mean, athletes they're all capable of it. He had a great team around him. Of course, the the Bills. People forget that was the team that went four oh, yeah, Super Bowls, went to four, four Super row, Bowls in a row. In a row. Yeah, nobody's awesome done that. And it was and it was the first one they had the best shot at too. With Norwood. <sighs> Man, that, that's uh, tough. who was the one who backed up. Roger Staubach. Well, it was Craig Morton and Staubach. They kind of flipped them yeah, back but, and forth. But there was somebody else. Oh, you're who, talking about Clint, uh, Clint Longley. Yeah, he came yeah, in on yeah. Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. And this is back in the, I think the early '70s and, yeah. and engineered a great comeback. Yeah, Clint Longley. Yeah, uh-huh. there's the the, the the sports is replete with stories of guys who come in off the bench and, I mean, you know, you can go back to 1954. 
And you know, and and the Giants had a had a, a hitter. I'm trying to remember the guy's name now. Who had Night a, Train Lane? No, 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 no. no. They, 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 had, they had a guy who hit I think three home runs. In, oh, in, oh, in, oh, in the gotcha. World Series. And I'm trying to remember his name. And I can't. well, 54. That would have been the Indians and Indians the Giant, and Giants, Giants. And Willie Mays made the great catch. But yeah. there was there was a guy that came out of nowhere, and he he was actually a decent player. But I remember he just caught, again that caught crazy. lightning in a bottle. And oops, we forgot his name. <laughs> I forgot his name. Well, that's what happens when you get to be my age. You, you know, your your brain is like a computer; it purges itself of unnecessary information. I guess that. I guess that's a no. No disregard to the guy. No disrespect to that guy. But I guess it's an unnecessary piece well, of information. We'll, we'll, we'll have to look it up. Yeah. All right. Here's our uh, last trivia question: The Dallas Cowboys drafted two quarterbacks in the 1989 draft. These quarterbacks finished third and fourth in the Heisman voting in 1988. One quarterback was mm. Troy Aikman. Right. Who was the other one? Who was the other? Mm. Good question. Okay. Yeah. That's our question. Email yeah. edward at sportsecon101.com. And when we come back, we're going to have some closing comments. So, again, here's the question. Dallas Cowboys drafted two quarterbacks in the 1989 draft. These quarterbacks finished third and fourth in the Heisman voting in 1988. One quarterback was Troy Aikman. Who was the other? All right. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be coming back with some closing comments. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical and some may not qualify. The consultation is free and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738. 
When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. By the way, it was Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes. In 1954 Giants. I don't, you know, I had to look it up, but I, I should have remembered that. But again, also roller ball guy, Dusty Rhodes. You know, remember roller, uh, roller hockey? What do they call that? Come on. Not roller hockey, but no. uh, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> roller yeah. derby. Roller derby. He, sound, he, sounded like, he sounded like it. Uh, Charlie yeah. O'Connell. Or, or you know, the Bay it, Bombers. Yeah. That's Joni Weston. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or, or you know what? Um, Dusty Rhodes also uh, was there, a, great a wrestler. Yeah, he was. He was this guy was a good role player. He had yeah. he hit a home run that won Game One. And it, you know the the dimensions of uh, the polo, polo grounds. Oh, yeah. They had two ninety at the two ninety. Uh, yeah, two ninety down the right field yeah. line. He hit one just That's into the right. corner there <laughs> that won the game. All right, here is our third trivia question. The Dallas Cowboys drafted two quarterbacks in the nineteen eighty nine draft. These quarterbacks finished third and fourth in the Heisman voting in nineteen eighty eight. One quarterback was Troy Aikman. Who was the other? Again, I'm clueless. Steve Walsh. God, Steve Walsh. Now, there's a guy who who didn't do much in his pro yeah. career at all. Uh, uh, did he play for the 49ers at all? No. He was just strictly... Uh, you know, I don't even know Dallas? where he went after he left Dallas. If, yeah. Or even played with Dallas. I That's a name. There's another name. You, you mentioned yeah. Bill Kenny. I never yeah. would have thought of Bill Kenny. I never would have thought of Steve Walsh. 30 years ago almost. Can you imagine? Well, yeah. That, you know, wow. I mean, these guys, they come and they go. There are a lot of great. I mean, remember Gary Beban. Now, there was a great quarterback at UCLA, yeah, really. but he never, he played, I think he played with the Washington Redskins, but he never did much in the pros. And it's funny because I like guys who do average in, in college and they do really and well. Well, a Tom Brady. What, yeah, how, yeah, what a Tom exactly. Brady, or, you know. Good point. Yeah. All right. Here's our thoughts for the day. Trust yourself. You know more than you think, <laughs> right? I always tell myself that when I go, <laughs> yeah. on, when I go on the air. Yeah, you know more than you think. Exactly. Yeah, and the only right. time you should ever look back is to see how far you've come. Now, that one I like, I like especially when you're climbing like a mountain. But you don't want to look down too far because <laughs> you want to get, you know, get a little nervous. A little nervous, yeah. All right. Tune in next week to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and asking more sports trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm your host, Edward Brown. We'll see you next week. Good night, America. So long.